What's going on, guys? AJ here bringing you yet another E1B2 Collective Podcast. Sorry, I almost forgot the name of the damn podcast. Um, I want to talk about high-performing teams, and I want to talk about it contextual to something I'm actually going through in the moment. So, really exciting news happening so far. Uh, the E1B2 Collective has always been just a collective of brands, with a collective of partners, with a collective of employees, with, with a collective of collaborators, where we are trying to improve the word of work in many ways. Um, but what's happening is that we're actually starting to build out the operating team on the holding company side of things, on the back end. So the E1B2 Collective itself is actually bringing in for the very first time a COO, uh, a head of content, and a head of growth. And so what I want to talk to you guys about is what I am trying to do to kind of, you know, eat my own dog food, take my own medicine, think of my own processes and put those things in place when trying to design a high performing team. So let me talk to you guys about a couple of things that I'm trying to do here, because now I am creating not only a high performing team within some of the companies that I run and own and have equity in, but I'm trying to create a high performing team within my own holding company here at an operational level. So let me give you guys a couple of things. I think number one, career growth and IDP plans is a must. What do I mean by that? I think every any time that you create a team, you have to the second they start, you have to be proactive around where they want to go, where they want to go and, and provide them that on the silver platter. You guys have been hearing me say this for over two years now. I just genuinely believe that is true. Any single time you are putting a team in place, when you have a new person that's inside of your organization, you need to assume that that individual has higher aspirations and future aspirations that involve that in there that involve potentially not being a part of your organization and definitely involve doing something within a day-to-day that is not contextual to their current day-to-day of what they're being hired for. So for instance, you know, Jess is coming on to become the COO. I have to assume she does not want to have the responsibilities of being a COO contextual to the things that I'm having her do now for the next five or 10 years. I have to assume that is true. And so what I think behooves the brand and behooves the employee and behooves the E1B2 Collective is to figure out the career growth plans and put them in the IDP moment from day one, individual development plans, where we can start chipping away at the things they wanna learn, the things they wanna be exposed to, the things they wanna be involved in from a process and strategy perspective, and where they wanna take their career long-term from a title and role and, and structure and expectations perspective. And I think we need to start being a little bit more proactive when we're putting together new teams around that point of view. It's just super vital. It's actually not rocket science in every single high-performing team Every single founder, every single leader, every single executive should be thinking about that the second they put a team together. So again, if you're putting a team of 6, 12, 18 people together for the very first time, you need to assume that those 6, 12, 18 folks do not ever want to be in that exact same role or that utilizing that exact same capacity for a long period of time. So figure out where they want to be, what they want to do and how they want to get there and hand them that on a silver platter. So that's number one. Number two, um, outlining uh, outlining clear roles and responsibilities. I think that's pretty standard and pretty transparent and pretty simple. But again, I don't think we do a great job of that. So something I am currently doing is I'm trying to get really nitty gritty around outlining the clear roles and responsibilities that we see the role of the COO and the role of head of growth contextual to the E1B2 collective. But 
Here's the caveat there when you're creating a high-performing team. What I want to do is I want them to go and look at that big bucket list, all those bullet points, whether it's five bullet points, 15 bullet points, 100 bullet points. I want to ask Jess. I want to ask Ashley. I want to ask Sydney. I want to ask everyone to say, look, highlight the areas, the bullet points that are most amazing for you. Highlight all the ones that are going to create the most beautiful, perfect role for you personally. They can all be things that you know how to do in your sleep. They can all be, they can be a few things that you actually believe are a little bit of stretch goals and a little bit of stretch responsibilities. Whatever you want to put, just highlight it. And what I am going to try to do is I'm going to try to provide them a role that actually is contextual to doing nothing but that. I think that is a really interesting and cool thing because inevitably what you will do is you will have high engagement, high buy-in, which inevitably will create high performance. And that's what we want out of every single person that we're putting in our teams. Now, also, I said outlining clear roles and clear responsibilities. So what we will then do is we will then sit down together and outline clearly the role, the responsibilities, the structure, and this will be a co-creating moment. This will not be a top-down approach. This will be a co-creating 50-50 equal partnership conversation to figure out are the roles, are the responsibilities, is the bandwidth currently designed and structured in a way that behooves the employee first? Not me, not the company, the employee first. Now, you guys are probably thinking, well, What about the company? What about the company needs? What if the company needs other things? You got to remember, you have already communicated to them and got them interested about this role because you outlined something around what the company needed and now they're here, right? So that's step one. Step one is you did the hard part. You got them interested. You have their attention. And now when you're getting into the nitty gritty, you just have to have them highlight the things that are most amazing for them. Now, let's say out of 15 things, you have four things that are still left over that are super vital that the company needs to get done, but they don't want to have anything to do with it. Guess what? You don't have a huge problem on your hands. You have a potential small little problem on your hands. Well, now you need to either A, go to go to them and say, hey, can you look at this list again and maybe highlight anything that is sort of kind of interesting to you, aka please choose one of these four, or if not, or if not, no problem. You can then go out and find other resources, other partnerships, other staff to bring in and do the job. Now, now, let me be practical. Let me be smart. Let me be realistic. That does not mean the salary, the bands, the scope financially in the current moment will be the same. Because if I have 16 things and I need Jess to do all those 16 things to behoove the brand, but Jess only wants to do eight of those things to behoove her. And at the time, I'm a little tight on cash. I don't have the bandwidth to give her the full the full boat of what she's looking for financially because I thought she may be able to be interested and do the full 16. She could only do the eight. Now we can have an adult conversation around figuring out how we can both win, how I can save a little bit of cash and go get the other thing, the other eight things taken care of, how she can make what she needs to make contextual to the eight and how that can adjust the bandwidth and the time and the allocation and all these things. So again, Without getting into the nitty gritty, that is, in my personal opinion, another thing that is a part of creating a high performing team. Let me give you guys one more diversity, diverse backgrounds, systems in place to test and appreciate different perspectives of thought, understanding of the different working communication styles, etc. I believe that is so vital. Every single person that you are putting in this team should be creating and telling you and being the boss of you, the leader, the manager and say, hey, look, 
Here's how I expect to be communicated when things are going poorly. Here's how I expect to be communicated when things are going well, aka this will motivate me. Here's how, um, here are the things about me personally that are a little bit different, a little bit quirky, a little bit out of the box. Here are some things about me personally that is a great reflection of my ideal workflow style and execution styles. Here's just a full download of who I am professionally that makes me a little bit different and I expect you to appreciate that. And so every single leader should actually put that power in the hands of their of their people when creating new teams and say, I want you to create your core AT. I want you to create your BI resume. I want you to tell me all the things about you that are quirky, that are amazing, that are odd, that are interesting, that are different, etc., etc., etc. Because inevitably what will happen, what should happen, what needs to happen is now you will have a team that knows each and every role, career, IDP, communication, workflow, motivations, inspirations, negative moments, odd moments, awkward moments, how we want to push them and, 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 and encourage them. Everything is contextually designed to who they are because they provided us that roadmap. They provided us that playbook because we gave them the opportunity to do so. So just a few thoughts. There's many more in this list, but just a few thoughts on what I think goes into creating a high performing team, what a brand can do, what the team members can do, what we all can do. Thanks a lot.